Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian with you. Uh, we've got quite a few things to talk about, including something that Tim brought up earlier on Twitter threatening to sue Meta <laughs> over threads. Threat, I, threats. They should just settle Thread, it. Threats Once on and thread. for all. Yeah, just settle in the octagon. Yeah. Just have that fight. <laughs> no, really. First. Uh, first things first, though, no, uh, let's take a look at how we started the day. Closing bell. Well, as uh, fans fight for that Taylor Swift tickets, here's oh how Singapore shares are faring. <laughs> they started trading in the negative territory today, tracking the slump in global markets. So in early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.2% at 3,144 points. Some 27 million securities changed hands across the broader market. Now let's take a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed down 0.35%. We are looking at 3,139 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.03 billion Sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 240 versus 303. Top advances for today, GMHUSD, iFast and Palmatic Data. And top decliners, New Incorporation USD, Venture Core and UOB. Now, in terms of companies to watch today, we do have Sabana read more issues surrounding its relationship with uh, investors, Quartz Capital and the REIT's upcoming EGM. Now, elsewhere, from ByteDown's launching a new music streaming service in Brazil and Indonesia as well as Samsung reporting a likely 96% plunge and second quarter operating profits. We've got more corporate headlines for you and not to mention Twitter threatening to sue Meta over threats. Now for more market moves and views, let's speak to Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at Sias Ben. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good. And Ben, let's start with the usuals. How did the SDI close uh, for the week? Any surprises? Well, uh, the SDI is down about 2% for the week, uh, very much in line with the other developed markets in Asia. Uh, I think the whole issue here is that one of the tenants or the pillars of uh, the current, um, you know, holding the current uh, market up is really that uh, interest rates are going to come down soon. Uh, but we do have very strong payroll data coming out of the U.S. or came out of the U.S. And that kind of mm. shocked everybody because it was like so good, uh, which kind of gives the impression that the uh, Fed is not likely going to be cutting interest rates anytime soon, uh, basically to fight inflation. So that kind of rewires the entire narrative uh, as to why the market is going up and staying up. Um, so a lot of, I guess, the models out there are going to be uh, redone. Uh, and it just looks like uh, people are going to be taking uh, some money off the table uh, with respect to that. Um, as for the STI market, um, today you can see a whole bunch of rate, uh, mainly coming from the REITs. So REITs are badly affected. Uh, again, this is uh, not unsurprising, or rather not surprising, simply because REITs actually are quite sensitive to interest rates. So mm. interest rates are you know, going to be higher for longer. Um, the valuations of REITs are going to be negatively impacted. So that's, uh, yeah, that's part of the cost, I think. Uh, DFR retail uh, up 4.31%. Mm. Uh, that's uh, pretty surprising. Same for SETS as well as uh, Singapore Airlines. Looks like the, um, I guess, the transportation as well as the uh, consumer, fast-moving consumer goods are doing well today. Uh, that could also simply be because of uh, market leadership rotation. Yeah. So moving, people moving out of REITs and into something a little bit uh, less cyclical, I suppose. 
Hey, Ben. I uh, want to talk about Savannah Reach. Uh, it's sponsored ESR Group. I uh, believe yesterday shot back at an open letter from Investor Quants Capital. Uh, of course, uh, they sought support from the authorities to ensure fair conduct of an upcoming uh, EGM. Ben, what's going on here? What, what drama are we looking at? Well, I think the crux of the matter is that Quants Capital argues that having an internal REIT manager uh, answerable to a trustee mm-hmm. uh, could possibly unlock more value for unit holders and uh, not have any kind of conflict of interest. Uh, that is compared to the current situation where the REIT is managed by an external manager, which is ultimately owned by ESR Group. Um, so my take is that there are merits to this, uh, and Quartz also estimates that uh, a uh, potential savings of $7.3 million can be realized if the switch is done. Now, the issue, I guess, here is that Quartz has not provided any specific details substantiating that a conflict of interest has occurred. Uh, and if it has, he has not quantified any kind of losses borne by unit holders because of this. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, finger-pointing, but uh, not a lot of details. So I think the real issue is that Sabana Reed's current share price is, if you look at it, it's about the same as what it was five years ago, Kali moving. Mm. Uh, and then the different parties have different ideas on how to uh, make that better. But for me, you know, this is just going over my head. I mean, if I'm a, if, if I'm a properly diversified investor, I can simply just buy the S320 ETF and I don't have to deal with, you know, issues plaguing specific stocks like this. So mm. as investors, we have alternatives. So these guys are just fighting along themselves. It's like, <laughs> yeah, get over it, right? <laughs> Ben, we're looking at ByteDance launching a new music streaming service in Brazil with Indonesia trying to be a player in this market as well. What are your thoughts on TikTok? Um, I think ByteDance has got very good technology. So they've demonstrated that is uh, or that their recommender system it works very well with video clips. So so this is a you know a type of machine learning right recommender systems. So they're applying it now to music. Uh, now, in the music industry, or this particular type of music industry, you have got Spotify as well as Apple Music. Now, Apple Music is doing very well because a lot of the cars, the new cars you buy in the US, uh, Apple Music's app comes pre-installed in a car. So right there, you've got market share, right? And Spotify itself has been around for a long time, a large portfolio of music, and it also has a free version. So TikTok Music is launching in Indonesia and Brazil by subscription base. So I'm not sure how fast you can gain market share. And really, you need to gain market share really, really fast in order to be profitable in the long run. Um, so I guess we have to wait and see. Mm, okay. And from ByteDance, let's take a look at uh, N Group. Right, Chinese authorities, they are likely to announce a fine, according to media reports, of at least 8 billion yuan, which is around 1.5 mm. billion Sing dollars, uh, as soon as today. And this puts an and to the company's years-long regulatory overhaul. Uh, is it in line with the general narrative that China is back in business, you think? Um, I think, to some extent, yes. So, as you have pointed out, this draws a line uh, underneath the regulatory issues. Hmm. So, it closes, uh, ends issues with uh, whatever beef they had with the regulators. Yeah. So, that's just for ends, right? But the thing is that this kind of regulatory oversight has been uh, putting a dampener on the entire Chinese tech sector for a long time. And N is one of the biggest. So if you settle issues with N, then the you know, the expectation is that uh, the Chinese regulators are now going to give the tech industry a freer hand for them to go and, you know, and go and make money and all that. And that's okay. what they're supposed to do, right? So yeah. this, this kind of ties in with the whole narrative that, you know, China needs to 
work on its various uh, drivers of uh, progress because its mm. GDP growth this year is going to be about five percent. I mean, great for everybody else, but yeah. actually, it's not great for China. So, yeah, so they're trying all. Yeah, they they have to do that. Mm. So this is actually a big plus, not just for ants, but for the tech companies and as well as China on a whole in the long run. I think. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we are now in conversation with Benjamin Go, head of research and investor education at Sias. Well, elsewhere, Band uh, Samsung Electronics reported a likely 96% plunge in second quarter operating profits today, largely in line with forecasts. Of course, we'll have the detailed update coming up later uh, this month. Uh, how concerning is this? And is the memory chip downturn bottoming up anytime soon? Um, I think it could be. So uh, as you pointed out, the poor performance is really driven by the current gaps in the memory chip industry. Uh, some analysts have kind of estimated that the bottom of this uh, cycle is uh, was last quarter. So in Q3, Q4, we should have better numbers. Um, so the point to note here is that this uh, industry-wide issue doesn't just affect Samsung. The other two uh, big uh, memory chip companies are Micron Technology as well as SK Hynix. Uh, both are equally uh, battered by the uh, current downturn in the cycle. Um, and but, but again, I guess the silver lining is that going forward, the um, losses should decline. For Samsung mm. specifically, I think we should be able to see a small profit in the fourth quarter. Now, if you think about medium term, uh, hopes are being pinned on uh, what we call AI-enabled servers. So the servers uh, existing in cloud, they are specifically constructed to deal with things like computer vision and recommender systems and so on and so forth. Those kind of servers require usually four to six times more memory than the standard ones. So that should drive the demand for the overall uh, industry going forward. Mm. And uh, Ben, I know we talked a lot about these two people on the show, but uh, we can never run away from Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg because they continue to put themselves in the spotlight. Meta threats gaining uh, 30 million users overnight, including myself, uh, Elliot and also Tim. And now Twitter (laughs) wants to sue Meta. Now, of course, we have seen some new developments relating to Tesla today on cash rebates, layoffs in China, Mm. meeting with uh, Malaysia's PM. Uh, not sure whether that's a distraction, but your thoughts on threats. Is it a true threat to Elon Musk? I think right now it's just posturing, right? So right. they are threatening to sue. Now, what happens in the US, uh, US law is obviously very different from Singapore law, Commonwealth law. So, uh, you know, Meta is obviously not going to cease and decease. They're, they're not going to turn over mm, here, right? Yeah. So I think the worst thing that happen is that, okay, they go to court, Twitter sues. If, if let's say, Twitter is about to prevail, Meta will probably settle for a couple of, you know, hundreds of millions of US dollars, but that's mm. like small change, right? Yeah. Uh, so threat is here to stay. I think that's going to be a plus for consumers and investors of Meta. Um, so threat is kind of like, over well, my impression, is kind of like the adult version of Twitter. You don't have the Elon Musk type of theatrics, right? The, mm. the hysterics, right? So people can use the same functionality as Twitter, but without all the sideshow and the distraction. So, and if you look from Meta's perspective, so Meta has got okay, Facebook, Instagram, mm. and then you've got threat. So all these work seamlessly within the um, ecosystem. Mm. So, for example, uh, if you are a user of Instagram, you can simply port your existing follower list as well as accounts from Instagram directly into your thread account. Mm. So that's great. So people can follow you on Instagram as well as, as on thread. So this actually 
um, kind of builds up the ecosystem for Meta and you know makes uh, users more sticky and therefore enable them to sell more uh, advertising. So mm-hmm. that's actually great for Meta. So I, I think this is going to be a, a, a big deal going forward. Mm, and I hope they they better fight it out sometime soon, like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, before you know all that posturing and all that. Well, before we let you go, Ben, let's take a look at uh, what's happening between U.S. and China. Uh, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is in Beijing to stabilize the tense relationship between the world's two largest economic superpowers. Do you think that will provide markets a brief relief uh, against recent volatilities, though? Um, it could be, and, and I'll explain why in a minute. But overall, I think the, the narrative here is that it's going to be a long route um, to putting U.S.-China relations on a, on a more stable footing. Yeah. So one wing in Beijing is not going to cut it. Actually, that sounds like a song, right? But anyway, one wing in Beijing <laughs> is not going to cut it. So the, the opening moves uh, here in the, in the trip, you know, it appears to be outlining where the areas of disagreements are, areas of cooperation are, you know, drawing some boundaries. Mm. Um, and the other thing is that Ms. Yellen is only the Treasury, the Treasury Secretary. So the, the, U, the friction in the U.S.-China relations is not just because of rivalry in the commercial space, but also in, you know, specifically like in technology, military, mm. geopolitical, so on and so forth. So I think the best we can hope for uh, from this trip is that situation doesn't get any worse. Mm. Now, there is actually an ongoing litmus test happening right now. So the U.S. has released a team to Hong Kong to check the audit papers of uh, Chinese companies yep. listed in the U.S. Yep. So if they get unrestricted access, if China cooperates fully, so on and so forth, I think that's a good indication of where the two parties want to move this relationship to. So, but if, of course, the, the Americans say, no, we were stonewall and all that, that's going to be a bad indication. Okay, thanks a lot, Benjamin. And by the way, I believe the song is, I think, One Night in Beijing, right? Not One Week or something. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is, uh, she's spending four days there in Beijing. So thanks a lot. That was Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at CIAS. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.